Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Greg, the prophet Piatelli, and I break down the most recent week in baseball. It was a bit of a quicker show since we both had to record it over our lunches on Thursday afternoon, but we break down the hot and cold teams, the best players of the week, some Phillies talk, some Red Sox talk, stadium snacks, bleacher creatures, all that great stuff. It was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think in the comments. As always, though, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcast. Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook. But enjoy this week's episode, guys. It was a ton of fun to record. And here we go. And we are live. Welcome to this episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man, and joining me, fresh on his lunch break at work, is my man, Greg the Prophet Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Not bad. It's been a been a couple weeks. Um, I know. You know, I, I'm almost relieved that the Celtics ruined the Boston sweep because um you know they just team of turmoil needed to shake things up this offseason so I'm happy not happy but I'm happy at the same time and uh, the Bruins now Eastern Conference Finals game seven or game one on Thursdays which is tonight and uh, yes. gearing up for that Indeed. getting pumped for it how you doing bud I'm, I'm doing well man and then the other thing you got to be happy about yourself with four for four on round two on the uh, the blue line icing picks so the I profit mean, to, returning to form. I had to make up for lost time. And yeah. I hope uh, the standings are updated and I'm at the top. Uh, I need to update them. You have, uh, yeah, you're probably close depending on points with games and all that. You might, you might be at the top, but uh, that that's another, another update for another time. But to answer your question, Greg, I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, it's lunchtime for both of us here. So we're going to, it's going to be a quicker episode. We're recording this Thursday afternoon. Uh, we, run into a little bit of scheduling conflicts as I'm going to the Sixers game tonight, hoping that they can uh, stay alive on the other side of the Eastern conference bracket. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm pumped to do this. It has been a couple weeks. We got Maddie D finally back on the regular season baseball shows at Emily on last week. And she did, she did a pretty good job of covering for you, but glad to bring my, bring my boy, Greggy P back on. Nice. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, Want to jump right into it? Let's do it right away. Um, hot team, obviously. Oh, yeah. You know, Starting the tell AL. Me, tell me why the Red Sox are not the hot team. Let's start there. Well, they were going to be my pick. Uh, you know, so All right. I will, Lay it on I'll me. T- I'll tell you why they are. 8-2 uh, and two in their last 10. Uh, just tearing it up right now. And this is what we thought was going to happen when they, when they started their – you know, the start of the season a little cold. They figured that they that they would figure it out, and now they've moved into the top ten and total runs scored. Um, looks like they're starting to figure it out a little bit on the uh, the defensive side of the ball. Pitching is starting to 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 get a little more consistent. You have a number of games in the last week where they've only let up one or two runs, a couple here and there where they've 
let up you know a few more than that. A, a four-one loss to the Orioles and a six-four loss to the White Sox last Thursday. But overall, two big series wins and and last Saturday on the road the fifteen to two two victory. Uh, so, Greg, I think your Red Sox are starting to see the ball a little better, and I, I think uh, if anybody was hitting the panic button on the Red Sox, uh, I think you act a little prematurely. Yeah, no, and it's it's pitching, right? They've it, the pitching really has uh, hurt them here in the first part of the year, and, and everyone or people uh, experts like you and I should have predicted that based on the fact that they gassed their bullpen off of the or they gassed their starters off of the World Series, right? They had starters come out relief, they had starters close the game. So in reality, you know, we should have we should have been smarter uh, and seen a little bit of a of a slower start out of the gates just based on the fact um, their pitching staff did, had so much work on them at the end of the year. Um, Chris Sale last night, unbelievable night. Uh, had a no-hitter through six, ended up only letting up one run, but struck out a crazy astronomical amount. Looking good for him. Yep. Um, Immaculate inning, too. Yeah. I mean, Jordy, yeah. if we're Nine being, pitches, three strikeouts for those unaware. They've, they've only had 15 games at home this year. Uh, they've been on the road, 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 road monsters, road warriors. I'm actually going to a game on Tuesday, so I can give you a stadium snack then. But uh, oh, hell yeah! Honorable mention, hot team of the week is Seattle Mariners. Uh, or sorry, sorry, nope. The Minnesota Twins, who are taking a little bit of a commanding lead, four games up in the Central. I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't mention them. Uh, also, yes. a plus forty four Minnesota Twins, plus forty four. Um, run differential so could be one of those years the twins either sneak in or or are there um like i said like we are they haven't seems to ever happen every year they start out hot or they finish hot and they somehow find themselves in the playoffs so um are the twins the philadelphia flyers of baseball oh, right, right. Uh, in terms of uh either a hot start or a hot finish to sneak in um and the <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, the twins, though, you got to give them credit. They're seeing the ball really well. I mean, they're top 10 in both their second in batting average and they're, they're tied with the Red Sox and runs scored. Uh, but their pitching has been outstanding. I mean, guys that we thought would do pretty well have been outstanding, like Jose Barrios. Um, other guys that we weren't too short coming in, like Jake Odorizzi. Uh, he's been pretty, pretty outstanding for him. Same with Martin Perez. Um, so yeah, their their starting staff's been great. Their bullpen has really picked up for their starters too. A real, uh, you know, back end of by committee, if you will. You have a number of guys with multiple holds, a number of guys with multiple saves. So really figuring figuring out that way. Um, and I mean, they're they're also just stepping up in in big moments. Their WHIP is eighth in the league, but when you have an ERA almost at four, which is actually seventh best in the league, uh, they're certainly figuring out how to get themselves out of positions they might be putting themselves into um, not a ton of ton of walks, a lot of hits allowed um, actually a, a decently high number of home runs allowed too. So uh, they're really picking up a lot of strikeouts. And like I said, that back end by committee, if you want to call it that has really been outstanding for the Minnesota twins. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, yeah. The honorable mention, but high team of the week has to be the Red Sox. Jordy uh, yeah. Cole team in the American oh, yeah. league. Uh, I assume we're going to have the same one, so let's not even waste any time on audible mentions. Let's just go ahead and talk about the the one. Yeah, you, you're thinking Seattle Mariners, the team that you almost said was the hot team. <laughs> oh, 100% the Seattle Mariners. Yeah, so that's why I said it. I had it up next on my notes. Yeah, Greg, we so the last time we had you on, I think it was four weeks ago, the Mariners were sitting 
prettier than pretty. They were in such a good spot in the American League West, and the Astros figured it out. The Rangers are, you know, starting off the season pretty well. Oakland's still struggling to, to get their footing. A lot of teams, thought, or a lot of people thought they'd do well, but the Mariners, um, you know, they they really have gone cold. They lose a two-game series that they held against the Cubs. Granted, that was over a week ago, technically. Um, but then they hit the road. They lose th- uh, two or three in Cleveland. They are currently losing a four-game series 2-1 to the Yankees. And they won last night. But, you know, outside of these games where their offense explodes, their, their last two wins in the last week, they've scored 10 runs. Other than that, their offense can't really get it going. They can't score more than four runs. So I think the inconsistencies that we thought the Mariners could show when we did the the, the preseason uh, preview of, of this team, I think is really starting to come in there. And they're I think their pitching staff's you know glaring weakness of starting pitching and not really a, a, a sound bullpen is really catching up with them when their offense doesn't show up. Yeah, and, and another thing, too, is they started out so hot because they had a whole extra week or two uh, to gear up for things, right? Because they did the, yeah. the Asian series and, and or Japan series, and they were allowed to uh, start their spring season, spring training earlier, just for that fact that they got to, you know, they were traveling, all that stuff. So, and the season started earlier for them. So they had the advantage of seeing live pitching faster right they 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 had the chance for their eyes to get adjusted all that stuff i don't know yep. i don't know if that's a real thing but it sounds right and it sounds great when i say it out loud so no, um, no it, i mean it's it's certainly like <laughs> something to be said about, about it well you see like just to use another sport as an example you saw it with the carolina hurricanes and the the new york islanders the islanders took some time off they got done with their first round series you know, a little, you know, a little earlier, and then when they finally had to come back and play, they were a little cold versus a team that got to play more. Right. You know, the just keep it rolling, and that's what the Mariners were able to do. And I know they got some time after those two games in Japan, but you know, I mean, they still get real live action, and not the starter throws two innings, then another starter throws two innings, and the crap that goes not crap, but the way that spring training games work and how they all end after ten innings and all that that sort of stuff. This, you know, you got real life experience there. And that, but I mean, it's tough to really to give a lot of credit when you know. I mean, their best pitcher has an ERA of of over three in terms of starters. I know you have some some relievers that are doing decently well, but I mean, your starting staff, the range of ERAs there, and King Felix has been anything but an ERA over five. That range is is pretty high, and you're not really putting yourself in a great position. Um, you know, when you're starting staff performing that way. No, I agree. And, and it's certainly, um, you know, you can get all the big name splashes you want on offense. And, and you know, they tried it with Kanoa. They tried it with Nelson. They tried, you know, they tried, they, I feel like the Mariners always try to make moves, but they never have all the pieces at the same time. Yeah, that's a really good point, too. And so many of those big names started off so hot. Uh, Jay Bruce was absolutely killing the ball. Now he's, I mean, he's still as double-digit home runs, which good by you, but you're 12 points under the Mendoza line. You're batting 188, in other words. Um, you know, you can't really be can't really be doing that when you were a part of a trade for a blockbuster name like Robinson Cano. Yeah, agreed. Jordy, let's yeah. flip it over to the National League. Um, yep. I'll let you start. 
hot team? Yeah, hot team. I mean, you have to pick the Cubs. Yeah. The Cubs or you could argue the Milwaukee Brewers have won six straight games. Yeah. Um, it's one of those so, two. So the last week, you know, yeah, the last you could argue the last week um, Milwaukee would be the hot team. Uh, six wins in a row, eight and two in their last ten. Mm-hmm. Jordy only a half game behind the Cubs. The Cubby Cubs. Cubs. Um, but Milwaukee, I think the biggest surprise for me this year, the reason you know, I think their slow start is their pitching hasn't really been as good as it was last year, correct? That is absolutely correct, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a similar similar note that we talked about with the Mariners where their starting staff has been uh, subpar outside of Zach Davies. Um, you know, your next highest of, of consistent starters is Brandon Woodruff, whose ERA is above four. Um, you have some guys in there that are, that have made some starts who, you know, uh, have you know got a little banged up, maybe, you know, got moved around a little bit. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I think the the starting staff being kind of what we thought they were going to be coming into last year, and obviously they were so good, and that's why, especially in the second half, and that's why they were able to to overcome the Cubs in Game One Sixty Three. Uh, this is a team where you know all their starting staff really has to do is get it to that back end of the bullpen. Guys like Josh Hader, there's and and you know uh, Junior Guerrero is the other guy <laughs> catching me up in Alex Claudio, um, who Claudio has been okay. His ERA is four, but Guerrero is doing pretty solid. You know, you're, in other words, your back end of the bullpen is, is pretty good, and all you really have to do yeah. is put up a number of runs, which they're more than capable of doing, uh, as shown by just the fact that they're nearly. You know, they're nearly at 200 runs. They're actually behind the Cubs now in runs scored, but it's May 9th, and we're talking about teams that are already in the 200s. That includes a team that has Cody Bellinger, who is outstanding right now. There are only three teams. Yeah, exactly. There are only three teams ahead of the Brewers in terms of runs scored, so it really comes down to them giving up a lot of runs. A lot of runs. They've given up 188. You know, they've they've scored 190 and and given up 188. So Yeah, that's tied with... There's only... And on the flip side of that think of this the rockies are tied with them as are the washington nationals nationals have a banged up starting staff and the back end of that staff isn't very good the rockies are always going to give up a lot of runs and the mets their starting staff's also a little banged up so you know it's it's it says something there yeah and and exactly and the brewers i think if their pitching staff is really starting to turn things around which is why They've had such a good week, which is why they've won six in a row and, and why they're 8-2 yep. and two in the last 10. Um, we can get to Philly stock later, but um, Jordy, anything, I guess you want to talk about a different hot team of the week? Uh, I, I mean, you mentioned the Cubs, just to talk about them. Um, I think the, right now they're, they're actually starting their fourth game against the Marlins. They've won the, they've won the last two. They're, they're two, up 2-1 in that series. But mention that, that two-game sweep on the road in Seattle. But then they come back and they sweep their arch rival, the St. Louis Cardinals, which is absolutely crucial to win those games because this division is going to be an absolute dogfight. Uh, St. Louis actually tied with the Cubs in terms of wins. They're both behind Milwaukee, um, Chicago and St. Louis at 21, Milwaukee at 23. It's just losses and, and more games played that keep the Cubs in first place right now. But they're taking care of business against a team they should, like Miami, but beating their arch rival, in St. Louis is crucial. Three game sweep is always great, but against your rivals, even better. Uh, and then they face Milwaukee this week. I know, um, you know, we're jumping a little ahead of, of looking ahead for this season, but 
or for this the this weekend. But uh, that's going to be absolutely humongous to see how that goes because the Cubs can keep this rolling. You know, it's it's not too far fetched to think that they could possibly take two out of three against Milwaukee there. Yeah, no, and that's a great point because they are a team that has always had those superstars and and the young core nucleus, right? Yep. And especially on the hitting front, and and if they can get their pitching staff to follow suit like they did a couple years ago in the One World Series, then, you know, that's a scary recipe for, for a team that, is in a division where they're going to need a lot, win a lot of games because despite being 21 and 13, they're only that every team was every team except for the Reds are within three games of, of first place. So it's a competitive division, just like you could argue with the Red Sox, Yankees, and Rays last year. And, and that really, you know, you had to be, you had to, you had to win 100 and X amount of games, 100 and 10 games or 109 games in order to be in first place in that division. And I feel like the NL Central is going to be in a similar place unless they just beat up on each other for the year. But I'm going to go ahead and say the opposite. They're just going to have to win a whole bunch of games to win it. But I um, totally think so, especially where they're, it look, it's looking like the NL West is shaping up to be a division where the Dodgers can just collect a lot of wins. If you want to be in a position where you can try to make – you want to be a wild card team, whatever – um, want to get seeding home field. We've seen how crucial that's been in the last couple of years, especially in the National League playoffs. Um, yeah, it's it's certainly important to just keep collecting the wins where you can. So good on the Cubs. And all those batting averages, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago where they were low. They're starting to rise. Water's finding its level there. Um, and I mean, you can't really you can't really give too much too much more praise than you than you already are with Javi Baez, but he's absolutely murdering the ball so good on him i wouldn't know about home field as the red sox swept everyone after the yankees so yeah you know uh it's not it's it's, from what i remember the last my last playoff experiences it's nice (laughs) nice to have it yeah Um, Uh, i love it all right jordy um before we switch over to players or anything bad you want to get a quick philly suck um so for those Uh, who don't know philly quick cold talk do you have a cold team Cold team? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I skipped it. Yeah, you're good. You're um, good. I mean, yeah. Um, let's go with the Atlanta Braves. Okay. The Solid. Braves um, started out well. Really high expectations for this year, just like the Phillies. Uh, the issue is the Phillies are going trending one way in terms of positive run differential they're getting their bats like they needed they're getting the pitching that they needed and wanted and the Braves just aren't hitting at at the same clip or pitching at the same clip as they were last year so to me I think if they have any hopes of not only making the playoffs just how good the central and west look if the Braves don't win or push for the east then they're not making it back to the playoffs this year um, because the Phillies right now just look like uh, a wagon and a team on a mission with the offensive power they have and the pitching power and depth that they have. The Braves, their their, their lucky season or their whatever you want to call it from last year. Um, I think They're just the young. Luck, that, that's yeah, really what it is. I think the luck is sort of running out on them and I think um, they need they need to produce better pitching, better defense around behind their guys and better defense. The runs... The runs are around where they need to be for league average, but uh, if they want to be a top team, they certainly need to pitch pitch 
a lot better. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, their, their pitching is really the, the story here where their starting staff did so well last year to keep that team in. And outside of Max Freed, their starting staff has really struggled. Um, Julio Teheran, ERA, 4.6. Kevin Gosman, 5. Mike Fulton Evitz, who's banged up, granted, but nearly a 6. I mean, they're, they're struggling to keep guys in the rotation healthy. Their back end, their bullpen has been real, you know, uh, you know, scary, <laughs> just scary to think about. But it's funny, like they beat, they swept the Marlins last weekend, but they just got done in LA and got pretty beat up. I mean, they got a three game sweep at Dodger Stadium, but two of those games they let up nine runs. So I mean, you can't really be doing that. It kind of shows the same thing that we saw last year when they face the Dodgers in the playoffs they couldn't really get it together they did win a game they won one game at home but I mean you kind of knew that whole first round of the playoffs that they were just completely outclassed so I don't know I don't know if this is still something where they just need to kind of continue to figure things out because the guys who who need to hit well are, are hitting well they're getting on base Granted, they're not bringing them around at the, at the clip that I think they'd want to I mean they're 12th in the national or they're 12th in the league uh, so right in the middle of the road in terms of run score, but that pitching staff really needs to tighten things up if they want any shot of of catching the Phillies. If the Mets figure it out, the Mets could easily hopscotch them. Um, you know, yeah. and and listen, we're not we're not telling the Braves to lose weight. We're just telling them to tighten, tight, tight, tighten it up. Tight. We can't legally tell the Braves to <laughs> get in that movie. Shape. You got it. You got it. Name, uh, name that movie. Is it Heavyweights? No, it's not Yikes. Heavyweights. No, come on. No, it's not Heavyweights. Uh, you tell me. Just tell me. So we can move on. Knocked up. Oh, you're right. Oh, my God. You're right. Uh, now I could pick it, too. <laughs> Fucking Kristen Wiig. Yep. Uh, just tighten it up. Tighten it up. Tighten it up. <laughs> and, Steve yeah. the, and, Steve the, and Steve the Pirate. That's right. That is Steve the Pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Steve the Pirate. <laughs> scurvy <laughs> oh but yeah let's do some quick phillies talk since you wanted to, since we were going to go in there but we need to talk about a cold team um pretty good week for the phils you know um so took so care of business take, against go ahead sorry i was just gonna say they took care of business against the nationals um really i mean we can talk about the saturday loss the 10-8 loss a little bit uh but then they they came back after you know a nice win on Sunday where they were battling the rain here in Philadelphia uh, right after the Broad Street run. They had a kind of kind of rough loss on Monday night, losing 6 nothing. The offense looked completely lost. It seemed like this team was going to be a lot of the same of last year. Pretty good at, uh, at home, and they almost lose themselves on the road. But then they win big on Tuesday. Bryce Harper hit his first Grand Slam as a fill, and then yesterday on the back of an eight-inning Dominant performance from Jared Eikhoff. The Phillies win 5 nothing. a big day for Cesar Hernandez at the plate. Um, the quick note on Saturday's loss, 10-8, the Phillies and the Nationals traded runs pretty much left and right. And what ended up happening for the Phillies there was their bullpen had a couple couple just blips where they let up a three-run home run to, to give up the lead. And then, a, then a, a, another home run there put it at I believe at that point it, it made it nine to eight or nine to seven. The Phillies tried to battle back, but ultimately fall there. So a couple weird decisions from 
Gabe the Babe in that game. He's been he's had actually a really good year as, in my opinion, as, as the the team's manager. But yeah, a, kind of a weird decision there where Jake Garrietta had had a pretty good start going, um, and Gabe pulled him early enough in that game uh, where he had to go to the bullpen. We talked about it a little bit. Um, then he brings in he Pat Nishak, your favorite, Greg, the sidearm throwing guy. He, he had himself a, a pretty nice inning going into the eighth, and, and he gets pulled for Adam Morgan, who, like I said, led up back-to-back jacks. And that ended up making making the, all the difference, where after such a huge seventh inning where the Phillies put up a five spot, they're up six to three. It looks like they're going to be fine. Um, excuse me, six five. Uh, it looks like like or eight to five. It looks like things are going to be fine, but then the Nationals oh scored those four runs. Yeah, I'm sorry, I can't do math today. But it looked like they were going to be fine, and then they, they just kept the bleeding going. So the bullpen at times has been spotty, and it looks like they're starting to figure it out. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez has, has really has really gotten – seemed to right his ship a little more. Uh, still lets up a run here and there, but I think he's had a better start than he certainly did at the beginning of the year. Um, but, yeah, you mentioned it a little bit. The, the starting staff, that back half outside of Arietta and Nola have been pretty pretty great for the most part. Um, mentioned the Ikoff start. He's been he's had a number of good starts since he's come back from from being injured. Vince Velasquez is the only one that I'm still worried about because he real all he likes to throw is his fastball. He shook off JT Real Muto, and that's really what kicked things off on that six nothing loss on Monday night. Um, Nick Pavetta's still down in the in the minors, so we're hoping when he comes back, he's going to look good. So it'll be a question of who gets moved to the bullpen when whenever Pavetta gets brought back up because I my personal druthers would be to move Velasquez back there because I think Ikoff is certainly showing himself as a great starter and there's of course my boy Eflin Mania just had to get everyone's name in there once um yeah, I was talking so, about those starting that's going to be pitching is going to be the key to this Phillies team their offense is going to put up runs like you mentioned that really top to bottom they can figure out how to do how to get something going but the pitching is really what, what's going to be the main topic uh, topic of discussion, I think. So, two questions. Okay. First and foremost, ha- the rift, is there a rift? Harper, Arietta, Arietta saying, you know, the comments, this was a couple weeks ago, but saying basically we're not paying the guy $100 million to, to be suspended or whatever. Yeah, when not, he got thrown, to, thrown out against the Mets. Yeah, to not be in right field or whatever the comment was. Riff, you know, this has happened with Harper in the past. I know he had an issue uh, with a couple of pitchers in, in Washington. What's sort of the – what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what Jake Arrieta does. He just – he calls it like he sees it. He – last year, if you remember, he called out Scott Kingery for a couple fielding errors. I think when he gets frustrated with that kind of stuff, he's going to he's gonna sound off. I don't think it's any sort of rift. I think that's just what Arrieta does. Okay. And second thing is, how is Gabe the Babe handling? How is Gabe the Babe handling all the personalities, all the firepower, all the star power? I think he likes it. I think he really likes what the dugout brings. Um, I mean, they these guys all clearly love each other. All the guys that are on the team, they do the wave whenever somebody hits a double. Um, you know, I mean, they, they're really getting along. They seem they seem to really have a fun time just playing, which is what really what you need. You saw it last year with the Red Sox as you made the comment on the opening day video I put up on the Thunderblog Instagram of that the outfield doing the, the Joel Embiid dunk was, uh, was copying the Red Sox. But, um, but I mean, I think to answer your question, I, I think Gabe's doing a pretty good job of it. I think 
aside from a couple managing blips, I think he's had a pretty good season so far. And I think he knows how to kind of reel in his guys. And and I don't think you were you were on the show, hence why you're asking me the question of that Mets game where, where Harper got thrown out. But we've seen the fire from Gabe this season too, where he comes out defending his guys. So I think he really is enjoying the clubhouse and the atmosphere that that's you know around that team. Yeah, and Gabe the Babe has always been one of those blue collar fiery guys from the jump. So he's he's gonna be that uh, all the time. I just you know he, he's got a big personality. Harper's got a big personality. Arietta's got a big personality. Real Muto's an, uh, a star in the league, or will be a star in the league, and one of the better catchers out there when it's all said and done. Uh, at least for current game catchers, yeah. um, you know. So, it, and then obviously Sir Anthony being the absolute stud that he is um you know it's it's a tough tough thing to ask and i think i think if you're happy with it and gabe the babe is is doing his thing i think he's capable of doing it so um and he was on successful teams with the red sox he knows what a good manager looks like so um and a bad manager looks like so i i'm I'm happy that it's working out what's what's the next topic here yeah, let's talk about some hot players of the week. Uh, we'll start with the Roy Hobbs MVP of the week. Greg, I realized that when we'd introduced this segment previ- previously, I was not saying the full name, so I'm making sure to introduce it correctly. Hmm. Well, we'll start. American League, who's your hot player of the week? American League and not pitcher, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah just, just batters. Um, I'm going to go with, let's see. I'm gonna go with Michael Brantley. Everyone okay. gives everyone gives Bregman the credit in Houston. Everyone gives um, all the other you know Springer and and Bregman credit, but I think Brantley, uh, at least this past week, unreal unreal week. Um, let's see, he had nine RBIs, nine hits, two doubles, four home runs, five runs scored. One walk, three strikeouts, and batted three ninety one in the last week. So, I good on your week for Michael Brantley. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, you know, I'll still go with. I'm gonna go with Whit Merrifield from the Kansas City Royals. Just a guy who I feel like because the Royals have are haven't had a great year. They didn't have a great year last year. This is a guy who sometimes goes under the radar. Um, but Greg, in the last week, this guy went nine for twenty-nine with with two homers, seven ribbies, three triples, and three walks, a stolen base, couple uh, number of strikeouts. But that's okay when you're absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. Again, this is this is a guy who has been an absolute stud for a Royals team that that you know for rightful reasons doesn't really get a lot of play for how they're doing. But I mean, offensively, they've they've you know they have a few guys that are out there. I don't know if he's somebody that that you would think would, would get moved. I think this is somebody they want to try to build around for any sort of, you know, resurgence that we saw from five years back. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my guy for this week. Uh, but national league, Greg, what do you think about the NL from this past week? Who man? Uh, so tough. I mean, this is a guy that was on the list so many times last year. Uh, and you and I mentioned him. It seemed like every week, but uh, mm-hmm. Max Muncy. for yes. me, Batted 450 this past week, four strikeouts, four walks, stolen base, 11, 11 RBIs, three home runs. Yep. Um, just a great week for him um, and on a Dodgers team that 
looks like they're hungry. Looks like they're equally as good, if not better, than what they were last year. And uh, healthy, which is not, you know, with Trey Turner uh, or whatever Turner, whichever Turner they have. Um, yeah. But uh, just. Yeah, Justin Turner. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Health, Justin Turner also had a great week, but yes, you know, that, the Dodgers. He was going to be mine, so I'm going to pick someone else. Sorry, the Dodgers are just that it's much better this year. Um, I have an audible mention if you want to take mine, but please pick your own guy. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to go. I mean, it's tough to not go with Justin Turner because he's four four homers, nine ribbies. Um, I'm going to go. Yeah, I guess I'll go with Ryan Braun on the Milwaukee Brewers. We talked about them as a hot team from this week. Uh, he's really picked it up, batting 500, 12 for 24, six ribbies, two homers. Uh, pretty good week from him there. Yeah, I mean, batting 500 any week is unreal. Uh, yeah. So good for him, good, great. Uh, what's next? Uh, so, yeah, pitchers of the week, the Billy Chapel pitcher of the week, Greg uh, we'll start in the American League, and we, we talked about him a little bit, but it's hard not to go with Chris Sale. Yeah, agreed. Um, Unreal Unreal game, mentioned it earlier, but Unreal two games. Um, yes. Really from a guy who all year has been, who I think more than anyone else, took him time to gear up into the season. Um, his fastball was a little slower to start the year. His location was a little off to start the year. He just seemed a little, you know, he needed time to recover and needed time to get back into it. So I think he's showing signs that he's getting geared up. He's showing signs he's getting back to what he was and the form that he was in the middle of the year last year. Um, but this week, weeks like this with an ERA of 0. .64 um, for two starts and two wins, or um, sorry, only one win, but that's his first win of the year. But because of the last game, the last game that he pitched last night, he was – they went ended up going to extras, but um, only he only let up one run. So it was it was a great, great, great show and great week for him. Uh, yes. So yeah, Chris Sale. Yeah, yeah. Hard not to not hard not to go with him. Charlie Morton's a nice backup pick. Uh, NL Greg, what do you think there? Steven Strasburg. Yes, absolutely. Uh, talking about a guy who had twenty, count them twenty strikeouts. Um, this past week, which was pretty good, two starts. Um, the ERA is a little high, a little higher than you like to see, and he picked up a loss. But um, you know, good, not great. Another guy, Jordy. Do you have um, your own guy for the National League? Yeah, I was going to go with Robbie Ray. Uh, two starts, only eleven point one innings thrown, but eighteen strikeouts. Uh, this is a guy on Arizona who. We expected big things from, and, and kind of like a lot of other other big name starters, had kind of a rough start to the year. Uh, only let up one earned run. Granted, he had five unearned runs, so kind of tells you a little bit of the story of the Arizona Diamondbacks this year. Um, but yeah, he he's certainly been dominant there, and and what the Diamondbacks want from him and, and from that team. Yeah, I like it. Good call. Yeah. That was that was that was that was it. Um, I have a reliever, Jordy, of the week because we go. Uh, you gave them zero love. Oh, ho, sir. Oh, ho, ho. Josh Hader, you mentioned him earlier. Yes. Three, three games, 3.2 innings, one hit, 10 strikeouts in three innings. 10 strikeouts in three innings. Now imagine that. Some guys go a whole entire start and don't even get 10 strikeouts, including the guy who just threw a no-hitter, but um, which is crazy now that one of us is mentioning him. But 
Yes. Ten strikeouts in three innings, three saves, three for three, including a six out or five out save. So Josh Hader, for me, reliever reliever of the week. Oh no, that's a good pick. That's a really good pick there. Um, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with a, a guy from your team, Greg, Brandon Workman, of the Boston Red Sox. Uh, number of innings of work, couple holds. He pulled out a win there as well. So good on you for this guy. Uh, you mentioned Mike Fires is no hitter. I'm glad you did. Um, he had, he obviously threw the first one of the year, a lot of great defensive plays, including an absolute snag of a home run Rob that I think only got outdone by JBJ. Was it, was that last night or was that two nights ago? Last night. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, probably one of the better plays of the year. If you haven't seen this, go look it up. Um, another play I just wanted to talk about quick. I don't know if you saw this, Greg on Kentucky Derby day, a minor league team in, I want to say it's Myrtle Beach, uh, MB, but they wore Kentucky Derby jerseys, and their one pitcher had a comebacker that he tried to field, bobbled it a little bit, and as the runner's about to get to first, as he's bobbling it and drops it, ends up kicking it to the first baseman. Maybe one of the most ridiculous plays I have ever seen, and the highlight of it that minor league baseball shared was just Yogo Bonito, a beautiful game. (laughs) Absolutely crazy yeah. moment there. So, Greg, do, do you do you have a stadium snack for us this week? Well, no, but I am going to the Red Sox on Tuesday, so I'll have one. So we'll get a scouting report next week. Nice. Um, I will mention, however, I did have my first Dell's lemonade of the season, which oh. is at Fenway Park, and yes. first shameless plug of the year. And I'll be getting another one on Tuesday, but it's Polly P. Polly P. Man in the booth. Polly P. Um, Polly P. Senior, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, unbelievable, great stuff, great. Uh, we had the watermelon. I had the watermelon flavor this time around. Um, yeah, I actually saw a little poll of theirs they had on social media of saying what flavor are you looking for at Fenway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's great stuff. It's perfect for a hot day, perfect for one of those days, and and that. It, you know, it was one of those days this past weekend, and, and it was great mix with a little vodka for the Kentucky Derby. So There you go. There you go. Hey, uh, That's actually pretty awesome. Uh, do you have any future creature you stories? Uh, I, you know, I went to two games last week. I had a – I think I've talked about the, the turkey sandwich from, from the Bulls barbecue and just the general spread of Bulls barbecue, but absolutely great. Smoked, uh, sliced turkey. Absolutely stunning. A great barbecue sauce selection as well. And Greg, you know how I feel about barbecue sauce. So I was happy as a clam eating that sandwich last uh, Wednesday against the Detroit Tigers. Checked off every single American League Central team. Fun fact. Um, and and that's awesome. Yeah, that I've now seen. To... That's sweet. Did you, yeah, get to... Did you eat any? Did you eat any food when you were at the Sixers? Uh, yeah, last Thursday. No, I didn't. I ate, I ate at home. Um, they jack up the prices for the playoffs. It's a little, a little sad. Um, oh, imagine, imagine yeah. that. Yeah, you know. Imagine that the inhumanity of it. Yeah, the, the humanity. Yeah. Oh man, price of a beer going up a couple percentage points. Uh, <laughs> any bleacher creatures that you got, Greg? Because I have a couple that are actually kind of funny. Yes, this is actually not from the world of baseball, but from the world of hockey. Um, I thought it was the hilarious thing. Uh, so St. Louis Blues were playing the Dallas Stars. Oh, yeah. And 
the Dallas in the first game in Dallas behind the bench, there was this woman who had a very low cut shirt and rather large brazier and and you could sort of you know paint the picture for yourself there yeah so the st louis when they get when the next game was in st louis there was a fan who sat behind the bench and you can again see the fans through the through the glass behind the bench and when they cut to the coach this this it was a male this time a male was wearing a shirt or, or created his own shirt that looked exactly the same as the dallas woman had painted on uh, or painted the shirt to look skin color and 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 match the shirt with a low cut blah blah blah. So it's yep. just and then painted. Yeah, that like was little, hysterical. It was it, if you haven't seen the picture, Jordy, I'm sure we'll uh, link it up or do something so you guys yeah, can see it. But it's all there over. was a good like there's a good two picture Instagram of almost a before and after, but just the two the two uh, two combinations. So I'll probably try to find that. Maybe put it on the yeah. show notes. It's um, uh, it's it's. Uh, my, it was hilarious and, and yeah, it was really funny. So great, good on St. Louis. I'm glad that they're moving on, and uh, I went four for four, four, four. So Jordy, what's your what's your bleacher creature? Yeah, so mine is is a woman by the name of Jordan who was you know trying to offer some uh, some services to a one Philadelphia Phillies right fielder Bryce Harper. Um, she sent a message, a direct message of her, you know posing uh with with clothes on there was no there's no nudity but still showing off the goods uh saying hey handsome i'm jordan i'm just trying to be your stress reliever the only problem with it greg is that she sent it to not bryce harper whose instagram is bryce harper bryce harper three sent it to his wife kayla harper's whose whose instagram is not bryce harper's wife has nothing no word of bryce in there it's Kay harper how she, how this woman Jordan, you know, screwed it up. I don't know, but uh, Bryce Harper's wife Kayla made it. Just really took, just really took it with a, a a nice laugh of somebody sliding it, trying to slide into her husband's DMs and accidentally sliding into hers. Uh, just resharing it and saying, "Hey, if you know you're gonna go after a married man on on social media, you know, you better check that, make sure it's not his wife's." And then she actually tags Bryce Harper, saying, "At Bryce Harper three. Are you feeling stressed out at all? I think I have a solution for you. So, <laughs> that's yeah, hilarious. That, yeah, that's a funny. That's a funny move. Yeah. So, so really nice move by by Kayla Harper. That's really funny. And what number is Bryce Harper wearing? Bryce Harper is wearing three for the Phillies. What was he wearing in thirty four? Which was previously Roy Halladay's number, and he had mentioned okay, that okay. in his, uh, so his he just press conference. So, so if I after the, if I had just. Yeah, I should have just started getting B Harper at every single number, yeah. and uh, then he would have had to pay me for it. But anyway, try to pull a taco is, from the league where he's DallasCowboys.com. Nice, yeah. <laughs> I love it, um, Jordy. Yeah, that's, that was a good one. That's funny. I, I actually just did see that, um, and you're right. She did. She did play it off pretty well, and and uh, it's a good laugh for it by all. So yeah, uh, I had another one that that is just actually a little sad, but um, maybe the saddest. Saddest headline of a video I've ever seen of White Sox fans brawling in an empty stadium is beyond depressing, which you can paint that picture yourself. Um, the only other thing I did want to mention was Joey Gallo. Got to give him some props. 100 homers has not gotten 100 singles yet in his career. <laughs> One of those Chris, crazy stats that you only Chris, see. Chris with, Davis territory. Yeah. I, I don't know if uh, the good people of Dallas are giving out free shots yet, but who knows? Um, nice. 
Yeah. I mean, aside from the Cowboys fans, they're all good people except for them. Uh, but <laughs> anything else, Greg, before we wrap things up? Um, yeah, be on the lookout for Jordy's, uh, round, uh, I guess, conference round. Yeah, so you need to the NHL. Yeah. Uh, send the text so you can get our picks from one Jared Barnes and myself. Um, you said this Jared's, Jared's write up of his picks because <laughs> the last time it was, they, those were interesting. Yeah. And he yeah. went, he went what, 0 for, 0 for 2? Uh, he went, no, I think he and I both went 3 and 3. Or three and four. They're three and one. Three for four. Oh, so I definitely didn't make up any ground then if you guys both went. Yeah, he, he he picked Columbus to beat the Bruins, and I picked Colorado to beat San Jose. Nice. Good yeah, for then, me. Then. Oh, then we Yeah. Then you were you were four for four and we had the, the other two series right. Um in terms of games though, that's where things get tricky because I don't think none of us had Carolina sweeping. I think Jared might have been the closest on that. I think he might have had him in five. Um the Brooklyn Islanders, as the, as I think they're now going to be called when they play at the Barclays Center, really, nice. uh, they want to. Uh, well, I, I did not create that name, um, but I think they want to terminate that deal as soon as they possibly can with the fucking Honda in the corner. Well, they're building. They're building a. Uh... Yeah, they're building a new one. I don't know when it's getting done. Right. Anyway, yeah. Let's let's stick to baseball. Yeah. Um, yeah go Sox and and you know they uh, finishing off in Baltimore and then back to Fenway next week. So. Yeah, Phil's face the Royals this weekend and then come home to host the Brewers. So it's going to be very interesting. The Royals and then who? The Brewers, the Brew Crew. Ah. Monday is Game of Thrones night at Citizens Bank Park, Greg. Especially after the the episode on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, what, a wild, what a wild episode. Yeah, a couple, couple wild episodes that we've had in the last, last few weeks, Greg. Um, yeah, we should we should we should start a Game of Thrones podcast like everyone else in the world. Yeah, we should. We could do we could do our our hastily made hot takes, throne takes. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. then, then, yeah. Let's get out of here. Yeah. All right. That's gonna wrap things up. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Podcoin, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Thunder BLG, Jordo Nine for me, Gurg SP for Greg. I think GTP Atelli on Twitter for him. Um, Thunderbox Sports on Instagram for us. And just like the website, thunderboxsports.com. As Greg mentioned, I'm going to try to get out a quick vlog at the end of the day. I have to quickly edit this while I've worked for the rest of the day as well. So uh, we'll figure all that out. I'm a little over yeah. on my lunch, so I got to get back, Greg. Thank you, though, as Work. always. Work, Schmirk. Yeah, you know what happens. It's final project, though, for, for school. That's gotta pay bills. like working. Um, Got to pay. All right, hey George, thank you so. Much. Yeah, of course, man. A ton of fun to have you on. We'll have a bigger show next week. We'll figure out if we can try to do a hockey pod as well, maybe a combined show. But for my man Greg Piatelli, I am the G Man. Have a great weekend, everybody, and go Phils. <laughs>